Wonderful. Good. Can you all hear me okay? Happy Easter, everybody. Isn't it wonderful to celebrate the wonderful victory and risen Saviour this morning? And, um, you know, hopefully I can build on that as we uh, continue looking at our series that um, if you're a member of River Church and you've been part of, we've been doing a a series of finding Jesus in the Old Testament. And we're going to continue that this morning. Um, But just, um, just to... By way of introduction, I've had quite a busy couple of weeks. I've got two children, and Easter this year falls at the very end of the Easter holidays. So when uh, children are on holiday, um, it's quite exhausting for the parents. Um, they are nine, no, ten and eleven years old. It was Noah's birthday this last week. He's now double figures. And uh, I don't know about you, but the time just flies by. If you have children, I can't believe the last ten years. He's now ten years old. And uh, as part of celebrations for his birthday, we went to see uh, a film at the cinema called Wonder Park. Have you heard of it? Yes, it's an animated film that's just come out, and um, I knew nothing of it. Um, Noah wanted to go to cinema, so we went and uh, saw this animated film, and I'd fully recommend it. It was a, a, a great, entertaining, and one of these great uh, animated films. But it was quite funny that there was this line... A uh, great line right at the end of the film, and uh, I, I remember hearing this. This wasn't at the moment where I had a, a nap during the middle of the film, which I seem to do more of in the afternoon these days. I hope that's not a sign of, uh, of my age. But, um, but there was this great line at the end of the film, and, um, and the line was this. It said, and it was just a throwaway thing that they said just before the film ended. Darkness is there to remind us of the light that surrounds us. I thought, ooh, I'm sure I could use that in a preach. <laughs> Um, But you know, the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. Without realizing it, this film was stating something that was true. So if you have any doubt that Jesus is real, just go and watch Wonder Park. (laughs) But no, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. And the thing that this film was talking about at the end, that everybody is looking for, everybody is hoping in, is light. Jesus is is that light. Jesus is the light of the world. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world, and we celebrate today the victory that he won for each and every one of us on the cross, that Jesus is alive, that he is risen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So today, we're looking at the um, ultimate deliverance of the people of God, and um, it's the great parting of the Red Sea. Jesus, we're looking at how do we see Jesus in this great, historic, monumental journey that the Israelites took through the middle of a great sea, great ocean, great mass of water. And I would say that this is probably the most memorable and powerful accomplishment of God, rescuing his people throughout the whole Old Testament. Why? Because it does two things. It not only demonstrates the awesome miracle of parting this great sea, but it also is the moment that God's people go from being enslaved in physical bondage and walking free to discover what it means to be a people of God led solely by God, led solely by him, all through 
um, Sinai, they were led by uh, smoke by day and fire by night. They were led solely by God. And this is the moment that it happens when they're led out of slavery through the sea into, if you like, the wilderness. So it's a massive thing what happens here. You know, it must have been mind-blowing the moment the sea began to open up. Can you imagine it? Massive walls of water either side of you. I have no idea what that would have looked like. Yesterday, um, we were at the Tottenham football ground. There's obviously a Tottenham fan in the room. And, um, (laughs) And it was quite funny because when we arrived at the Tottenham football ground, I was awestruck, to be honest. I was awestruck at the amazing, massive structure that lay before me. Football grounds in this country have become bigger, greater, great, enormous structures. You go to them and you're just like blown away with the enormity of these structures. Man-made structures. But what we're talking about here is the people of God were stood by the side of a sea. Nowhere to go. The Egyptians were running after them. Nowhere to go. And God parts this wonderful sea. Now, that would have been pretty deep. You can imagine how high these water, the water was either side as they went through. So man can make these great structures. But God performed this great miracle where these walls of water, it would have been awesome to have seen God do this great miracle as they went through the Red Sea. So, today... <laughs> I want to look at this particular story in three ways. I want to look at it as the Israelites before they went into the sea. I want to consider the Israelites as they were in the sea. And then spend a moment just thinking about the Israelites after. So I want to look first at the the condition, if you like, of the Israelites' hearts before they went into the Red Sea. And we're going to read a little bit of, um, of Exodus 14 and 13, where this is now, um, just to give us a sort of feel for the story. So um, th- looking at Exodus 13, verses 17, and I'm reading from my Bible, which I left here on Friday, so it might be slightly different than what's on, on the screen. So from 17, when the Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road to the Philistine country, though that was shorter For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. That's the first thing. So God leads them away. Pharaoh comes, changes his mind, chases them. Then the Israelites start to complain. Moses, why have you led us out here? And then Moses tells the people that the Lord will fight for you. Moses, full of faith that God will, probably petrified, not really knowing what God's going to do, but says the Lord will deliver us. And then we read in Exodus 14, uh, 15 and 16. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. 
Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So then they start through the Red Sea. Pharaoh starts to chase them again. And then we read in Exodus 14, 28 and verse 30. So 28. The water flowed back over the Egyptian army, covering the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. What a wonderful testimony to God's provision for God's people. Brilliant. So first then, I want to look at the Israelites before they went into the Red Sea. The Israelites, if we know the story, they were slaves in Egypt. They worked tirelessly. Good, I got that word right. They worked tirelessly, day after day, night after night. The days were long for the Egyptians. They worked hard. It was never-ending. Slavery for them was very unpleasant. It was painful. There was no rest. Very controlling. It was full of fear and anguish. You know, life for them was like punishment was expected if you didn't do what you were told, if you didn't obey your Egyptian masters. That's what it was like. This kind of slavery, it was relentless. It was horrid. And these Egyptians lived life through these slave-tinted glasses. They were oppressed. They did as they were told for fear of punishment, for fear of further hard labor. And in fact, that did happen when Moses turned up. And the thing is, they couldn't be free. They were enslaved by the Egyptians. They didn't know how to be free until this moment. You know, and we can see how much this affected the Israelites from their reaction when they stood on the banks of the Red Sea and they saw the Egyptians coming towards them. We can see how much it affected them, this slavery mentality. And we read in Exodus 14, verses 10 to 12, it says this, It says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, leave us to serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. (laughs) It tells you a lot about how they were feeling and thinking at that moment in time. They were terrified. They were filled with absolute terror. You know, they cried out to God, and they didn't cry out to God as their loving father, as one who who loved them, who wanted to care for them. They They cried out because they were desperate. They thought they were going to die. Fear got the better of them. 
You know, it's like the worst ever scenario in a disaster movie. In fact, it's a million times worse because it wasn't a movie. It was their life. There they would, stood on the banks of this, this big sea. You know, Moses, forget it. I want to go back to Egypt. They wanted to turn back. You know, they said to Moses, Moses, what have you done to us? Let us serve the Egyptians. Let's go back to slavery. Because, you know, we're going to die here. You know, they also, in that, in that bit of scripture, they, they wanted to blame Moses. You know, what have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? They wanted to blame someone else for the situation that they'd gotten into. There was real slavery, not just physically for them, but also in their hearts, in their mentality, in the way that they viewed life. And this is true for all of us today. Christian, non-Christian. The Bible says unless we know Christ, we are slaves to sin. Christ has set us free from sin. Hallelujah. Today we celebrate that. It's a victory that Jesus has won on the cross. That we are free from sin. You know, we either serve ourselves or the things in our hearts that we treasure the most. What do you treasure the most? Do you treasure Christ? Do you know him? Are you in, are you have relationship with Jesus? Jesus is the most wonderful person you can have a relationship with. To know, to live with, to experience his provision, his love. There's no greater love than knowing Christ who died on the cross for you. That you no longer need to be bound by sin. You know, and I think we can easily drawn back into this slavery mindset. You know, the slavery mindset of being hard-pressed, of, of doing things in order to earn that acceptance, to earn that salvation. Our salvation has been bought at a price, and it was the death and resurrection of Christ. We don't need to earn it anymore. When we try and earn it, we're falling back into a slavery mindset. And we can be drawn back into that very easily. And it can be, show itself in all sorts of different ways. You know, lack of grace for people, for those around us. An inability to forgive. An inability to demonstrate mercy. It can be in other ways, like um, a fear of stepping out. A fear of failure. A temptation to fall back into past sin patterns. Or even just an inability to believe that God can deliver you and rescue you in every situation. Every situation, God delivers us and rescues us. And he did it when he died on the cross. Even the most dire situation, God delivers, God rescues might not always be in the way you expect, but he will deliver. 
From that moment, as the Israelites stood on the bank of the Red Sea, as soon as they stepped into that sea, they were taking a step of faith and trusting in God. Their lives were going to change forever when they took a step in faith in God. And it's true of each one of us when we take a step in trusting in Jesus. When we take a step, every day when we take a step and trust in him. And if you've never taken that step to trust in Jesus, then can I encourage you, implore you to do it today. We celebrate the risen Savior. He is alive and he is risen. You can trust in that today, in the power of the risen Savior. So, so then goes, God tells uh, Moses to tell the Israelites to move on into the sea. And there are three attributes that we find in God as he does this amazing and awesome miracle. First, God is the divine deliverer. <clears throat> God's plan is, will be, was perfect in every way. God's plan is perfect. He knew this time would come. It was a perfect time for him to take his people out of Egypt and take them to the promised land. God's plan is perfect. And it's the same perfect plan he has for each one of us as he delivers us from the power of sin and death that we celebrate this Easter Sunday. God knew what he was doing. He wanted to show his people that they no longer need to be, live as slaves, but they could live as free men and women. But they had to walk. They had to walk through this sea. It wouldn't have been a short trip, but it would have been a trip, trusting every step of the way that, that, that God was going to hold this water up, that they would be able to walk through it and walk into freedom. They had to leave their homes of comfort, their dry, safe, comfortable homes of security, of slavery. You know, there is security in slavery. If there wasn't, the Israelites would want to go back to it. Sometimes it feels safe to be enslaved. You know, they got regular meals. Here in the desert, who knows what, where the next meal comes from? And where does it come from? came from God. God had come to set them free. You know, we can walk and experience freedom because of Christ, because of what he's done on the cross, because of how he has made a new life for each one of us. You know, sometimes it could almost seem too good to be true. Can God really deliver me? Can God really give me peace? Can he give me strength? And can he give me joy? Can I really know joy? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You know, God's people made it to the promised land. But this slavery mentality took a long time to, be, to come out, as we'll hear more about next week. But there is great freedom, great celebration in the victory of Jesus' resurrection. 
Secondly, God is their faithful father. He continued to be faithful and made promises to set them free right back in um, Exodus 3 um, and twice in Exodus 7. God speaks of delivering the people from the Egyptians. In fact, in Exodus 3 verse 8, it says, So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. You know, the Israelites, God's people, experienced that practically, physically. You know, it took them a long time, but God did it. And God has done it for us in Christ. But he has promises that he's put in all of your hearts that haven't come to pass yet, that he wants to, you to trust him for. Promises in your heart that he said he's, that are still there, that he's speaking over you right now. That he says, I haven't forgotten. And the last thing I wanted to say about God in the midst of this water inferno is God always chooses the right route. You know, I don't know how many of you have sat-navs nowadays. You know, I've got one on my phone which um, is very clever. um, And it basically tells me the most quickest route that I can get to my destination. Um, And it even changes depending on the traffic that's ahead of me. I mean, how about that for technology? I mean, this is... This is amazing. I'm I'm still in awe. I think maybe technology for me always is going to be one of those baffling things. But it changes. But I don't know about you, but do you have this as well on your phone? I don't know how many people have this. But I could be driving along and it's, it's just, I just find, what do I do? Because this thing comes up. Would you like to quicken your journey by seven minutes? Do you get that? Did anyone get that as well? There's a few nods, but I... I just like, I'm driving the car. I don't know whether that is a good route or a bad route. How do I know? I just want to pull over and just check the route it wants to take me. Because it could take me for a field or something. I mean, I don't know. I've heard horror stories of uh, people being taken all sorts of places to make their journey quicker. But God's route for you in life is exactly where he wants to take you. He doesn't change it. He doesn't change it. He knows the best for you. God knows the best for you. He knows the direction to take you. He knows how to set the sat-nav and set you on that course. Do you trust in the route that God has given you? To fulfill his purposes in you. To see his glory revealed in you. Because our lives are about displaying God's glory. Because God's glory is the most amazing and awesome thing that you could ever imagine. The Israelites saw it here as God parted this sea. God's glory reflected in you. Are you trusting in that root, that sat-nav root that God has laid out for you? There was only one way for the Israelites, and it was through the sea. The Egyptians were close behind. In fact, they started chasing them. God made a way for the Israelites. And God has made a way for each one of us. And it's in Jesus. 
The way to know God is clear. But there is only one way. There is only one way, and that is through the blood of Jesus, through the cross, the cross of Jesus. There's no way of coming before God except through the cross because of sin, because of sin which can so easily entangle us but has been washed away because of the cross, because of the death and resurrection of Christ. It is so powerful, the cross, the cross of Jesus can set you free from slavery. And to know that is takes a, a simple step of praying a prayer. Praying a prayer and asking Jesus to come into your life. Asking Jesus to come into your life. I think I'm going to get told off in a minute. If you're here today and you've made a decision to follow Christ then you also have a choice to make. Do you continue to walk in the freedom that God has earned for you on the cross? Do you walk in the freedom that sin no longer has power over you? Or do you have a tendency to look back? Look back. You know, God's judgment on sin and the enemy has been dealt with once and for all on the cross. And then just as the Israelites' enemies were washed away in the sea, in the Red Sea, every single one of them, every enemy gone, so our sin is washed away by the blood of Jesus. Now, the last thing, the fruits of crossing the Red Sea. Now the Israelites, on the other side of slavery, they went through the sea, experienced God's deliverance, God's faithfulness, and now they've made it across the other side. And some of the fruits of us as we believed and trust in Jesus, the fruits of being on the other side, of knowing him, the first thing is the enemy has been defeated. Not one single Egyptian that pursued Moses survived. The enemy completely wiped out, utterly defeated. And just like today, our spiritual enemy has been defeated you know, there's a victory in the cross. Our spiritual enemy defeated. And we, we don't always live in that truth. We don't always pray into that truth. Because there is a victory that we can pray into. The authority that God has given us in Christ that we can walk in. And Jesus has empowered us and equipped us to do that. So, that was the first thing. Second thing. We have been saved. God saved the Israelites, and we have been saved through Jesus Christ. That's all I say on that for the moment. Number three, we have received an inheritance. The Israelites still had a lot to learn, 40 years, in fact, before they reached the promised land. But they received the inheritance that they were promised by God. As we trust in Christ... We, too, have received an inheritance. An inheritance that will never spoil, perish, or fade. But we need to walk in it. We need to walk in the truth and the love that God has for us. What inheritance does God have for you today? As you eat your roast lamb, as you go back and have lunch as you celebrate the rest of this Easter day, 
Just consider the great inheritance that Christ has won for you on the cross that you can enjoy and celebrate, that you can experience, but also be a light to others and tell others of the great goodness of God through Christ. You know, things like fear, doubt, worry, insignificance, believing lies, you know, these things are all things that we have given the authority to overcome. Jesus has given the victory in Christ to overcome. You know, there can be things that we can sometimes feel uh, or know around us, but God has broken the chains and set us free. Amen? God has set us free. Faith, hope, and love. These things are eternal. These are the things that we can know in Christ as we trust in him this Easter Sunday. Trusting in the saving work of Christ and all characteristics that God has given us to be his children and be children of God. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Bless you this Easter. Have a fantastic rest of the day.